This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Good morning and welcome in. This is News Radio WGNS. This is the action line right now, 812 the time, and we thank you for joining us this morning. The number to call for questions, if you'd like to join the show, you can call or text us at 615-893-1450. But as we continue to social distance and try to stay safe, especially around these holiday seasons, a lot of these guests will be calling in. So if you uh, if you'd like to call us or text us, texting us might be a little more efficient this morning, uh, but certainly we'll have that ready to go. So if you do have any questions, we're going to try to get to those as we do have three different guests this hour. So things are going to be pretty quick, but a lot of information coming your way and we are excited to be a part of that. So we're going to bring in our first guest now, which is Dr. Tim Grafe, and he is a professor of marketing and director over at MTSU. Uh, Dr. Tim Grafe, good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? I think we got you now. Dr. Tim, good morning. Yeah, good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this morning and uh, welcome you as our first guest. And uh, since we don't have a ton of time this morning, as we do have three different guests coming up this hour, I wanted to dive right into it. Uh, talk to Tim Gra- Dr. Tim Grafe, of course, with MTSU. Uh, and we wanted to talk about the Tennessee Consumer Outlook Index and how that's changed mm-hmm. uh, dealing with COVID. 2020 has been mm-hmm. unique dealing with COVID. And also, has, has the election had anything to do with that? Have you seen any spike or decline um, since the election? Election results, and I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a quick overview. The uh, Tennessee Consumer Outlook Index, it, it's our measure of consumer confidence, and we do these surveys statewide. We survey about 600 people each time we do them. We try to get an even number of people from West Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, and East Tennessee, and we ask questions uh, of people about their perceptions of the economy, what they think the economy is doing right now, is it good, is it bad, what they expect the economy to do in the future in terms of uh, future for jobs, future for their own personal financial situation, and also about purchasing. Is now a good time to make large purchases or not? And uh, let me go back in time about four years. Before the 2016 election, we saw that our Consumer Outlooks Index was kind of floundering a bit. It was, it was up and down, but it was kind of in the lower range for what we typically see. And we've been doing these surveys since uh, 2000. Uh, we started with phone surveys, now we're doing them online. So we've, we've seen these numbers over uh, a number of years. But then after the 2016 election, we saw, we saw a sharp increase, a big uptick in optimism and outlook after Trump got elected. Uh, and outlook for those four years was on a steady increase. And, but then COVID hit at the beginning of 2020, and as you would expect, we saw a sharp decline in consumer outlook because obviously businesses were shut down and people just weren't you know, allowed to go anywhere. So people realized at that time, yes, the economy is bad. But the important thing to note, and I guess the great thing about living here in Tennessee uh, with Tennessee consumers, is that the component of our index that measured future expectations, even during 2020, even during COVID, 
that future expectation index, which is a measure of hope, how optimistic they are, it stayed steady, and it actually increased during 2020. So even though we had a terrible economic situation, uh, this huge event hit our economy, people couldn't go shopping, and people recognized the economy was bad, they still remained hopeful. Uh, and actually their level of hope increased a little bit. But then we had the election, and we did our surveys at the beginning of December, so it was about a month after the election. Uh, and after the election and the apparent outcome of the election, what we see is a sharp decline overall in our index. And unfortunately, we see also a sharp decline in that future expectations part of our index. So where Tennessee consumers had remained hopeful all during 2020, even though it was a bad situation, they, a lot of that hope has now been lost after the election. And, you know, measuring consumer confidence and consumer outlook, it, it's important because there's a difference between what economists would call a leading indicator and a lagging indicator. A lagging indicator would be something like inflation, GDP, unemployment. It would be a measure of economic activity that we don't see until a couple months after it's already occurred. So when we get numbers about unemployment, we're actually kind of looking into the past, what employment, what unemployment was a month or two ago. But consumer outlook or consumer confidence is considered a leading indicator because it gives us a sense of where we're going in the future. It can become a self-fulfilling prophecy because if consumers are feeling good and they're feeling very hopeful about the economy, they will then be more willing to spend money. When they spend money, businesses then have to hire more employees. They have to purchase more inventory. And all of that then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because that then grows the economy. When consumers are feeling less hopeful, they're feeling rather pessimistic about the economy, they tend to pull back their spending. Uh, they don't go shopping as much. They spend less money, which then causes the economy to slow down. And what we, what we found in our surveys when we asked people about their spending for uh, this coming Christmas and holiday season, we see uh, this self-fulfilling prophecy. We see a, a good-sized decline in the amount of money that people are going to be spending on Christmas and holiday gifts. Uh, we see that there are more people who are going to be spending less money than they spent last year and fewer people who are going to be spending more money than they spent last year. And if you want to know about how much people are going to be spending, uh, we ask them how much, you know, from, from less than 100 all the way up to $1,000 or more. And if you use $500 as kind of a median break point there, we find that 60% of consumers in Tennessee say they're going to spend less than $500. Now, you compare that to last year, uh, that is up from 50% from last year. So what we have is a kind of a net shift of 10% that the amount, the number of people who are going to be spending less money rose and the number of consumers in Tennessee who are going to be spending more than $500 got smaller. So fewer people are going to be spending larger amounts of money. So that, that unfortunately is not very good news for consumers and for Tennessee businesses because that that decreased spending can then become the self-fulfilling prophecy where that then causes the economy to tend to slow down. 
Dr. Tim Grafe, our guest this morning, marketing professor and director at MTSU. Uh, we have time for two listener questions, Tim, if I could throw those your way. Uh, the first one, they just simply ask, how are the 600 people or so that are chosen for this study? Uh, is this a mail-in? Is this something that's completely random? No. Are they are they called? How do they uh, gather those uh, people? You know, that's a good question. We use a, a company called Qualtrics. Qualtrics is a business that runs online surveys, and we uh, they host our surveys online. We also They also have a uh, panel sampling service, meaning they go out and get our sample for us. Because we at MTSU, these are all online surveys, so we would need to send people emails asking them to fill out the survey. We do not have a list of every single person's email in Tennessee. Uh, I don't know who would have that. So there, there are many businesses who this is their business. They, they provide samples for people doing online surveys. And we contract with them. Uh, we, of course, have to pay them for this service. And they go out, uh, they host our survey, meaning they just put it on their website, and they're the one that actually, you know, make it an online survey. And they go out and they just randomly blast out emails to people in Tennessee based on all of the email lists and databases that they have. So these, these are uh, about as random and representative as we can get. We are not sending them to people we know. We're not sending them to people who've already done it before. Each time we do this, it's a completely different sample. Dr. Tim Grafe, our guest this morning from MTSU. We got time for one more, and uh, they were simply asking with, it looks possibly like there could be, and we've, we've kind of went back and forth on this all year, uh, but another uh, coronavirus stimulus check coming to a, a certain amount of people, and that's going to be based on income. Is that something they factor in here as well, or is that kind of a uh, standalone piece that, that they have a hard time maybe factoring into what they predict six months from now might look like? Yeah, you know, it is. Uh, that's another good question. It, it's very difficult to parcel out exactly why someone says the economy is good or economy is bad uh, and exactly why they think they're going to be better off or worse off six months from now. You know, there are a lot of things that play into it. There is the stock market. Uh, there is jobs. There is the unemployment rate. And, you know, our unemployment rate in Tennessee was around 15.5 in April. Uh, we got it down to 6.3 in September. Uh, typically, we're around 3.3 or 3.4. So the unemployment rate during 2020, it had that big increase, but now, you know, we've gotten it back down. So you've got jobs. You've got their, their own personal financial situation. You've got tax cuts. You've got the, the, the stock market. Uh, you have policies uh, and, and trade deals uh, that, that factor into it. You've also got the stimulus checks from COVID. Uh, so it, it is very difficult to say that it's due to just one thing. Uh, all we can do is just take a look at what the major events are that are happening uh, and try to attribute any changes to those major events. And I would say, you know, an election is, is a major event. So I think that is weighing heavily in people's minds and uh, greatly affecting how they answer our survey questions. Dr. Tim Grafe, I really uh, appreciate your time this morning. Any final thoughts? we got just a few minutes before we let you go, and I uh, appreciate you answering some of them listener questions as well. But uh, any final thoughts on your end? Well, you know, I'll just tell you that it's not necessarily bad news for everybody. We see a lot of uh, multi-category retailers. Multi-category meaning they sell everything from pet care products all the way to pharmaceuticals to you know, sporting goods, things like Walmart, Target, uh, uh, they're doing very well. Best Buy, GameStop, Costco, they're doing very well. Those are also what we would call omni-channel 
retailers, meaning that they have multiple ways of getting their goods to consumers. They've got an in-store presence, an online presence. They've got in-store pickup, curbside pickup. So those larger retailers are doing well. Uh, that they sell everything because people are consolidating their trips. They're, they're not going to as many stores. So what we're seeing is that the retailers that are really going to be hard hit are these specialty uh, little gift shop type stores like at, you know on town squares as you're walking by them where they don't really have a great online presence. They're online maybe on Facebook or their website. just basically tells them, tells people their hours of operation and where they're located, but you can't really go through and shop their entire inventory. Uh, so what we're seeing is that the larger stores like the Target which, and Walmart, they're doing well, especially with their online business, but it's those smaller specialty retailers who are suffering the most because they don't have uh, as many ways of getting their goods to consumers, and they and people are making fewer trips, so they're just not going to those stores while they're out shopping at other stores. Interesting, and I guess that's a reminder, and you know something we say here at the station a lot: the importance of shopping local if you can. Uh, mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't fit every person's budget or uh, plan, but you know if you can shop local, especially right now this time of the year, um, you know perhaps that could be the saving grace for some of our uh, local business. Yeah, a lot of those specialty retailers they are rely they rely on foot traffic. People, you know, they're kind of the while we're out stores. You know, people while they're shopping, what they make a trip to Walmart and they say, well, while we're out, let's go look at this other store. You know, we haven't been there in a while, see what they have. And they rely on a lot of impulse purchases, people just walking through the store, seeing something uh, and it triggering, oh, that'd be nice. I'll buy that for, you know, a family member for Christmas. So what we see is this year, it's very intentional. People are going to a website with an intention to buy a certain particular product. Uh, and th- you just don't see that those shopping around impulse purchases that you did in previous years. So, yeah, those smaller specialty retailers, if, if you can make a trip to any of them, I think they would greatly appreciate it. All righty. Dr. Tim Grafe, our guest this morning. Thank you so much, Dr. Tim. And uh, we'd love to hear from you again you know, a couple weeks next year. I'd, I'd love to continue this conversation. A lot of great information, and uh, we thank you for coming on. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you. Yep. All righty, guys. So that's our first guest this morning. Thank you, Dr. Tim Grafe. We're going to move along and take a quick time out as we line up our second guest, and that's going to be Dr. Robert Summers. We're going to be talking about uh, students coming to MTSU, and this is something I find very interesting. Students coming right here to Murfreesboro from all around the world. We're talking about international students and, and maybe how that number could increase. How could we help that number increase to grow the university? That's something that is important. We're going to talk about it. That's coming up. We'll be right back. This is Peter Demas with Demas Family of Restaurants. When it's getting cold outside and you don't want to really get out of your car, Demas's has now started a curbside service. So you can order online, put your make and model of your car into the website, and when the food is ready, we will bring it out to your car, and therefore you can still be in your pajamas and come and get lunch and go back to your home if you want to. Curbside service. It's just another level of service of which we are trying to provide the residents of Murfreesboro. Visit us online at demasrestaurants.com. Middle Tennessee football and basketball games are right here. This is Chip Walters on Rutherford County's Blue Raider Station. MTSU Sports on WGNS. In this season of giving, don't forget to give to your pet. Here at Animal City, we would love to help you with your pet needs. Your small animals might prefer a larger living space. Your reptiles might like some new decor. And your other pets might like some new toys to keep them entertained. 
Right now, all of our Animal City departments are overflowing with new and exciting toys. Dog toys, bird toys, cat toys, we have them all. This is Amanda from Animal City. Come do business with Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. If you have something to buy, sell, or trade, call me. Weekday mornings at 7.50 for Swap and Shop. WGNS, AM, FM, and online. Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon with a high into the upper 50s. Winds out of the southwest around 10 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 25. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 40. Good morning. Traffic still holding up right now out of Coffee County into Rutherford on I-24 coming past Epps Mill Road. Earlier we saw some radar up around Medical Center Parkway coming down I-24 there before you get to 840. Traffic's been in pretty good shape for the most part this morning as far as interstate accidents or delays. To cater your next holiday party, call Princess Hot Chicken or go online princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. Welcome back as the action line continues. 8.28 the time and still a little chilly out there. Trying to trying to wait on that sun. Yeah, that kind of seems to help. If the sun can come out, warm things up a little bit, at least gives you the appearance that it's a little warmer outside. You get out there, it's still cold, but you can kind of manage a little better. Um, I, at least that's how I am in the morning. If it's sunny out, I can I can get up and go. Days like today are a little harder to get, uh, get the day started. So uh, still waiting on that sun to make an appearance today. Our second guest this morning is Dr. Robert Summers with MTSU. And uh, we're going to chat with him on, well, it, it's an interesting topic. Uh, students leaving to go overseas for education and, and students coming from overseas here to, to learn. And, um, you know, we got a, a really great university here in our backyard and somebody who's only been here for a few years. I have learned a lot about MTSU and, uh, you know, it, I didn't realize so many people had come from all over the world to uh, to share this little part of the community with us. So uh, that's going to be our topic this morning. Dr. Robert Summers, welcome in. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So uh, tell me a little bit more and talk to our listeners a little bit more about the importance of international travel, whether it be here or, or leaving here to go overseas for, for students to continue education. And, and why would somebody do that? With so many universities overseas here in America that are closer, uh, why do students travel thousands of miles one way or the other to, to be here or there? So I think one of the most powerful examples of why one would want to do this, uh, travel internationally, uh, either coming to Murfreesboro to study at Middle Tennessee State or going abroad to study at one of our partner institutions, is my own uh, personal story. Uh, You see, I am the son of a single school teacher from rural Putnam County. Um, I didn't even think that I wanted to go to university. Um, When I finally did go to university, it was the experience of meeting people from different places and mentorship uh, from excellent professors that pushed me to go overseas. So during my undergraduate work, I went to France, uh, and I worked on my language skills there a little bit. Uh, I came back and had a absolutely uh, profound uh, experience and renewal uh, toward my toward my undergraduate education. Completed that, 
went again in my master's and my doctorate. I'll have to say that this, these, these international experiences that I had, these study abroad experiences that I had, were the best professional decision that I have made. And it is the decision that has allowed me to do all the different things that I had been able to do. And you see, that's what I want for our students. I want them to be able to understand an international point of view. I want them to be culturally competent to work with the folks from the Nissan factory just down the road. I want them to be uh, savvy enough to know how one acts when they are around our international guests. And, and tell me, with 2021 being unique the way it has been, I'm sure that international travel has, has gone way down. Um, you know, And if at all, there's probably cases where people haven't been able to do it at all. Um, why, why does that make such an impact on maybe future students who are thinking about going overseas and traveling, but maybe it's not available right now? Uh, do you think that is going to affect their decision down the road when it maybe becomes available, but they're a year out of college or uh, maybe maybe had moved on to something else? Uh, do you fear that could be the case in, in some people's lives? So, I mean, it, it certainly could be. We have, we have struggled with these same questions uh, on campus. Uh, so we have uh, we've come around and we have offered international virtual internships. So, uh, for instance, a student will work with a fashion house in Milan uh, to, do, uh, to do an internship to learn how they do the different uh, uh, work that they do to, to, make their, uh, to make their fashion and textiles. Uh, we're doing the same thing with a partner in Japan right now. They are uh, uh, having our students take online classes uh, uh, at their institution. This, this allows for the same sort of interaction that our students would have with uh, other foreign students, uh, but just in a, in a virtual setting. Uh, right now, we are waiting to make the decision on our summer uh, study abroad programs. I am hopefully optimistic uh, that we can uh, that we can send them. We have some really great programs. We send students to New Zealand. We send students to Israel. We send students to London. We send students to Vienna, and these are the experiences again that they need to have. Um, you know, everything is supposed to, uh, or we're hoping again that things will be back to normal uh, in fall of 2021. Uh, so we're planning as if they will be, uh, hoping for the best, uh, and getting ready to send our students on these programs uh, uh, come come August. Dr. Robert Summers, our guest from MTSU this morning, and uh, this is a listener question. I'm going to kind of include it in my own question here. If you could speak on your own experience of traveling overseas for education, and this listener says, I have a senior, uh, assuming a senior in high school, who, who is interested in traveling overseas for future education, and this would probably be maybe two or three years down the road. Uh, what advice do you have, and what, what stories and, and memories and thoughts can you share on your experience? Oh, my advice is to do it, <laughs> and it really doesn't matter so much where you go as long as you just go somewhere. Um, you know, the the younger kids they'll they'll figure out what their major is going to be uh, once they're uh, once once they're into this. 
So, uh, you know, first, go abroad. Go go somewhere, maybe go somewhere easy. Go to Sydney. Go to uh, London. Go to uh, Auckland. You know, someplace uh, uh, that is not so different. But then go someplace very different. Go to Chiang Mai. Go to New Delhi. Go to Moscow. Uh, and experience uh, experience the the ways of being of those folks uh, over there. Um, probably the 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 best piece of advice too, when you're actually in these settings, is to be flexible uh, and to be ready uh, to uh, encounter things that you hadn't considered. Uh, just be savvy, you know. Be smart uh, and take advantage of these tremendous tremendous opportunities. And I'm thinking for a college student who, you know, is brave enough, number one, to make that jump, uh, other things that they encounter, maybe it's that big first job interview or the first uh, big project on a new job years down the road, that might make that a little easier on them. If you can travel internationally and, and go to a new country and often on your own or maybe with, with another friend or something, but you know, often I imagine these, these students are traveling to, uh, you know, different parts of the world on their own to learn. Uh, that that's a huge step. That's something that you know about eighty percent of our community probably has never done, and uh, you know that that could be a great tool moving forward. I think for other big challenges in life, when you say, "Well, when I was twenty two, I I traveled to China and I lived out there for two years and I learned the language and the culture," uh, and you come back here for a big interview or a big big moment in your life, and you say, "I got this," you know, I think this is this is uh, this is nothing compared to you know being a, a young college kid and traveling across the world. That is that's just an incredible uh, incredible tool and an asset. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, these are the things that, uh, again, have been the best professional decisions of uh, of my career, and this is what I want for the for for our young folk. To look at the other side of the coin, uh, and not to discourage anybody from from ever wanting to do this, because I agree, I think that's you know a really great opportunity. One of those opportunities, if you have the chance, you do it. What were some of the challenges? What were some of the things that you got there, and you said, "Whoa, I didn't think about this," or "This was challenging." Uh, you know, things that came up that that maybe you could talk to that listener and and you know say for your senior who maybe would like to do this in a couple of years. Here are a few of the speed bumps, some things to keep in mind. So they're going to vary for everybody, uh, and just according to the context in which they find themselves. Uh, but one of the one of the funnier stories that I have of of being abroad was uh, when I was in the in the dorm rooms in in France. Uh, I was going to go wash my clothes, and you know what? I can wash my clothes, right? I know how a washing machine works. I know how a, how a dryer works, uh, but I didn't didn't know how the French washing machine worked. Uh, it was a it was a different format of washing machine with a with a different sort of mechanism and different <laughs> controls, and I had to humble myself uh, and ask in my sort of strange French uh, to, to for help uh, from the people around us. Uh, and uh, you know, it was uh, it was a good experience in that these folks understood uh, that even these simple things uh, were different for me. Uh, and then I might not have the language fully to express myself, uh, but they were kind and patient and helped me do this simple task. 
And that's probably something that uh, that those kids, those students, now adults, probably can remember. And they say, when I was uh, going to school, there was a fellow from America who came here. And, you know, that's that's a fun story. It's a funny story. And uh, and I, I like you sharing that. Um, a friend of ours that, that I had met down here who was actually from Saudi Arabia had just moved here, I got the uh, pleasure of, of kind of explaining the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl to them when the Super Bowl was happening. They say, what is this? You know, what? how do you – and that was, you know, something uh, kind of a similar story. It makes you, it makes you feel good and – uh, you know, I, I would hope that uh, everybody would be welcoming to to take on that challenge and, and teach somebody from a new country something like that. That's that's fun. That's that's really neat. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the things that I try to remember uh, when uh, when I encounter people in the community that don't speak English as their first language. Yeah, and that can be challenging. That's that's another one. Uh, you know that I, I could see going overseas and learning overseas. That could be another one of the challenges that you would come up with was uh, just the communication. At least for the few few uh, first months there, could be could be challenging. But uh, you know, I really appreciate your insight on this. Dr. Robert Summers is our guest, our second guest here on the Action Line this morning. As we wrap up, just a few minutes. Uh, any final thoughts, uh, Dr. Robert Summers? And again, I wanted to thank you again for joining us. You know, I just want to say that this is a strange time right now. You know, there is guidance to be careful about the number of people you have in your home for Christmas uh, for the different celebrations that we have this time of year. Um, I do believe that we will eventually get past this and international travel will start again. Uh, And when it does, absolutely take advantage of it. These are skills that are integral uh, for the success of our young folk. Uh, the students need to have these international experiences, and if they don't, they are going to be, uh, they stand the chance of being left behind vis a vis the students that have had these international experiences. Awesome. Well, some, uh, some wise and some kind words and uh, a lot of good information there. We really appreciate uh, the insight. Dr. Robert Summers, our second guest this morning as we let you go. Uh, thank you so much. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you. And uh, hopefully to catch up with you next year and continue some of these conversations. A lot of great, uh, great information. So thank you. Thank you very much. All right. We're moving on now to our third guest, and that's going to be Dr. Marie Patterson as we talk about and we continue the MTSU conversation, but in a little bit of a different light, uh, a new master's degree in physician assistance studies. What does that mean for high schoolers and middle schoolers and, and kids who are coming up on college and uh, the a new opportunity, perhaps a new new pathway for them? We're going to talk more about that, and uh, that's Dr. Marie Patterson joining us here in just a few minutes. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. The Doug Young Educator of the Month from News Radio WGNS and City Tile and Floor Covering spotlights Darla Massey, an eighth grade math teacher at Whitworth Buchanan Middle School. Tell us why you decided to become an educator. Because I want to prove to students that learning can be so much fun. I teach math and I focus on encouraging students to become problem solvers above anything else. Ultimately, my main goal for them is to power through tough situations. What makes you get up each day? I love working with students for so many reasons, but my favorite aspect of working with them is what they teach me. They teach me how to laugh on tough days, how to be vulnerable and take risks, how to speak up against injustices, and how to be resilient during unprecedented circumstances. And what are you most proud of? What I'm most proud of is the accomplishments of my students. It makes me smile when I see them grow into amazing adults, and it makes me proud when they share their successes with me. Whitworth Buchanan Middle 8th grade math teacher Darla Massey, the Doug Young Educator of the Month, sponsored by City Tile and Floor Covering on Spring Street. 
Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon with a high into the upper 50s. Winds out of the southwest around 10 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 25. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 40. From the tallest tower in the city limits of Murfreesboro to every radio in the land. WGNS AM FM is everywhere you need us to be. Welcome back in right now, 843 and up to 40 degrees for us right now. 40 degrees, but cloudy as many of us planning on holiday travel the next couple days. But um, in this case, probably less than in the past. I know a lot of us are, are staying home and just staying with the immediate family. Um, Zoom calls, Zoom calls on Christmas. I think are going to be popular this year. And uh, if you need any kind of weather guidance, any kind of weather updates, head over to our website, WGNSRadio.com. We will keep that information flowing for you. Uh, a couple of really neat things, too, on some of our headlining articles. Uh, we have information on the first COVID-19 vaccine given in Murfreesboro. So that is great news. That is wonderful. Also, um, just some basic COVID information you might need up on our featured content list, uh, an update as well on flu shots and a missing person report that kind of got mixed up uh, and the wrong info was sent over. So uh, check that out. If that's something that uh, you got a minute for this morning could help find somebody. If you have any information on that, that is up on our website as well. All righty. We're going to bring in our next guest now. And that is Dr. Marie Patterson joining us from MTSU. She is the program director for the Physician Assistance Program. Dr. Marie, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for being our third guest this morning. And well, a lot of MTSU information coming our way for our listeners. So this is this is neat. And uh, I've learned a few things as well. And that's, I think, is always the goal if you can keep on learning. So I uh, wanted to ask you today, and this is really cool, uh, a Physician Assistant Studies Master's Degree. And this is, in, from what I understand, maybe a new type of degree, maybe like a new type of program or a new degree you can get through this program. I'm going to let you talk about that a little bit. Sure. Well, um, you know, the physician assistant profession has been around for a while, and there are um, PA programs that already exist in Tennessee, but we're going to be the the first public option, um, great option for students in the Middle Tennessee area. So that's what's exciting about our program. So um, it is the first public option, and um, we're really excited about it. Now, when you say first public option, what do you mean? Uh-huh. What do you mean by that? So there are other private institutions in Tennessee and uh, Middle Tennessee that have uh, PA programs, but we're going to be the first public option in Middle Tennessee, um, you know, uh, pending approval uh, from THEC and our accrediting body. Um, we're uh, hopeful about that. So uh, then we'll be able to hopefully seat our first cohort of students in May of 22. Excellent. That's very exciting. So um, for somebody who's not familiar, explain mm-hmm. exactly what the physician assistance studies include. What does that look like maybe when somebody graduates, they take that degree? What sure. might they be doing? Well, you are required to have an undergraduate degree. Um, it doesn't specify you know, what you have to have your degree in, but there's usually certain prerequisites that are required, uh, mostly you know, basic science classes, statistics as well sometimes, um, psychology, things like that, on top of anatomy and, you know, just your basic science classes. 
Um, and so you need your four-year degree, and then you apply to PA school. And, you know, PA school is a very rigorous medical curriculum uh, program. So, you know, different different time frames for certain different programs, but the average is about 27 months. So that's what we're um, planning is a 27-month program. Now that's straight through, so you don't take summers off like a lot of other you know, degrees do. It's a straight-through program. You have about a week off between semesters, so it's a very rigorous and very intense medical curriculum that is, you know, modeled after the medical model in medicine. And what might be if, you know, and this could be kind of a, a different question, it could have different answers, but what might be a career you would land in if you were to get this degree, uh, talking to your future students? What might be uh, an avenue that they would look at to take this degree and start a career? Well, you're going to be a physician assistant. That's what this program is. It's a very um, professional-based program. So this is training you to be able to um, sit for your national certifying exam to be a physician assistant and then be licensed in, you know, any of the 50 states. So a physician assistant, you know, we are a clinician, a medical clinician, so we can see patients, treat patients, do procedures, things like that. Um, So we, you know, it's a licensed program. Uh, career rather and you do not have to specialize so that's the great thing about being a PA is we don't specialize so we're trained as generalists and you can literally go into any field um, in medicine so you can go work in pediatrics you can go work in cardiothoracic surgery you can go work in you name it and so that's what's great is it is a really broad profession with a lot of flexibility and that appeals to a lot of students. We had just spoken with Dr. Robert Summers uh, right before we had uh, brought you on, and he was mm-hmm. mentioning uh, international travel, whether it be students coming from other parts of the world here or mm-hmm. students from here going to other parts of the world. And one of the questions I had for him is a question I'll have for you as well. Uh, what does that mean for the growth of the university to add this program, to add this uh, master's degree option? What does this mean for students who are enrolling? Are there going to be students that uh, now look at MTSU and say that wasn't on my radar, but now they are, and, and uh-huh. they could maybe check you guys out. Oh, yes, for sure. Well, first of all, you know, MTSU has been averaging uh, about 100 students a year for the last few years that have applied to PA school and listed MTSU as kind of their home base school. So we already have a lot of students at MTSU who are interested in the profession. And then, you know, I think that we will have more both undergraduates um, who choose to come to MTSU um, with this program available. Um, And and then also you may have, you know, graduate students who are looking to maybe increase their GPA who want to go to MTSU and take classes there before they apply to PA school. So it, it, it is all connected. So I think we'll both get new students to MTSU, but also we'll have a lot of interest just in local students, which is also great. And that's definitely something that we're, excited about is having, you know, our own local Middle Tennessee students that will apply to PA school. And and in some cases, I imagine a lot of these students you mentioned will will be staying. So they're already maybe at the university and they would move on in in previous years to go to go uh, seek out this degree. But now they can stay, stay at MTSU, finish their college career. And in some cases, maybe their entire college career can start and finish at MTSU. Absolutely. And again, with that public option, it'll be a lot more affordable um, and so that's what's great is, you know, MTSU is a great school, great state school. And, um, you know, we're excited about uh, having that option um, pending approval from THEC and SACS and our accrediting body. 
Fantastic. Dr. Marie Patterson is our guest this morning. She's the program director for the Physician Assistance Studies Program. Uh, Dr. Marie, what does this mean for the future revenue of the university? Is this going to, and I, and I think it would obviously would, uh, help bring in more revenue, help grow the university when you're keeping some of these students here instead of them maybe taking that money, taking those grants, those, uh, you know, some of that cash elsewhere uh, to finish their degree? They're going to be staying right here with you guys. Uh, that's that's got to help grow economically and, and grow the size of the university pretty substantially. Substantially. Yes, absolutely. It, it will help um, financially and just it's good to have a professional program, you know, uh, a medical clinician program at MTSU that, that just adds to the College of Behavioral and Health Sciences. And, you know, I think it's a win-win for all involved. It's a win for the community because we're going to be having more clinicians in this area, which we need. And then, you know, it's a win for the university. It is going to be um you know, financial benefit for sure, and just having a professional program like that on campus is really exciting. Um, so it's it's just definitely a, a win in all categories. We had a listener question come up, and you had mentioned May of 22 would be when yes. this program would mm-hmm. kick off. Um, is that due to it's going to take two-plus years to kind of get this thing going? You mentioned you guys are mm-hmm. still looking for approval. Have you guys mm-hmm. factored in COVID and how that's been unique right. and maybe kind of pushed this back a little bit? That way things aren't rushed? What what was the process? Well, no, I mean, nobody predicted the many, many years that this has been in the works that COVID was going to be a thing in 2020. Um, actually, it takes that long to get approval. You know, we're going through the THEC approval process, and we need to be – accredited by sex, but our physician assistant accrediting body is extremely rigorous in their process for accrediting PA schools, which is a good thing. You know, that just makes the uh, the caliber of the profession that much better. But so that process takes years. And so, you know, we turn in our application in February and then they come and do a site visit in May and then we're on their agenda meeting in September. So that's just how long it takes. And we've been in that process for years already. And that's just you know, our timeline is kind of up to them in some ways. So, you know, we're we're hopeful that everything will be approved and then we will uh, seat our first cohort in May of 22 if everything um, goes according to plan. So, no, it wasn't COVID's fault. That's just, just the nature of beginning a PA program, a size uh, program of this caliber. It just it just takes that long. They want to make sure everything is um, is up to par and that's and that's a good thing i think for my profession absolutely and uh, and a bright spot there is as you mentioned a lot of the paperwork and approval and things like that not necessarily something that would be delayed during the year of covid this is a lot of stuff people can do you know i'm sure off computers and mm-hmm. through conference calls so um you know maybe maybe the timing for you guys was unique but maybe good in a way because it, it didn't necessarily delay where so many things have been delayed this year pushed back and canceled mm-hmm. and put on freeze that uh, you guys are, are plugging right along so um how how long you mentioned may of 22 and you guys started a couple years ago so you're talking like four mm-hmm. or five years and this has been kind of created uh from start to finish is that accurate well yeah it's been in the works and in the talks and there's a lot of research that goes into when you start a new program you know and i, I wasn't here at that time but um there's been a lot of work from the upper administration you know doing feasibility studies and and things like that just making sure does this program work for mtsu is it going to benefit us and is this something that community needs? And, you know, all of those things were very positive. And so MTSU decided to pursue this degree plan. And, and it is a huge undertaking. And so, you know, I really give kudos to 
the upper administration at MTSU because they really did their due diligence and their research and, you know, um, knew what they were getting into and knew that it was going to be a very long process, an arduous process. But, you know, they they looked at everything and they said, you know, this is right for our university and this is right for the community and, and we want to have a great public option in Middle Tennessee. And so that's what we're working on and, you know, we're really excited. All right. Well, that's exciting, and we're excited for you. That uh, you know, anytime our local university can grow and get stronger is always uh, is always a positive. We'd have one more listener question, and then I wanted to give sure. you just a few minutes to wrap up. They're asking, are, are we expecting any new construction, any new infrastructure on the campus to house mm-hmm. these classrooms, to house this program, or is that space already available? So the space is available. Um, it's in the Case and Kennedy Building, and also in um, the cadaver lab in the science building and so we're using space and we'll do a little bit of renovations you know to make that ready for uh, a physician assistant program you know and we're in the process of trying um, to get equipment you know simulation trainers and things like that Um, so the space is already there and you know we just need to tweak it a little bit to kind of get it to where we need it Um, but this is not something that we're having to build a new building for. Wonderful. So uh, the, the the space is there, some of the equipment and that on the way, and uh, just a short two years, two and a half years, you guys will be off and running. So, you know, I'm yeah. thinking a lot of uh, seniors and juniors in high school that can kind of hear this and, and say maybe in two or three years when I'm at MTSU and I'm at a university, this is something that will be coming available at the right time for me and uh, certainly something for them to think about. Right. Yes, we're excited. You know, our approval processes are uh, in the works, and so stay tuned for for that. We, like I said, we have our THEC approval. We're in the process of that, and um, then SACS, and then also our accrediting body. So, those are the three things that we're working on right now, so that we can be able to offer this program to students in Middle Tennessee. Wonderful. Dr. Marie Patterson, our guest, and again, she's the program director for the Physician Assistant Studies. We're looking at May of 22 uh, for a new master's degree available at MTSU, and that's going to help keep some of these students at MTSU as uh, they had different private options locally, but now they can stay right there with you guys. And uh, Marie, thank you so much for your time this morning and answering these listener questions. Got about 60 seconds. Any final thoughts on your end? And I just want to wish you guys Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and thank you again for coming on. Yes, well, Merry Christmas to you. And I will say, you know, we, we do hope to help the Middle Tennessee area with students, but this program will draw students from all over the country. You know, this is a very high caliber program, and there will be a lot of interest, not just in our own state, but in um, the entire country. So it is a very prestigious program, and we're really excited to hopefully soon offer this um, at MTSU. Wonderful. We look forward to hearing from you guys again next year, and I mm-hmm. uh, say that, but just only a couple weeks from now. So we'd love to <laughs> stay in touch and uh, keep us updated on all of this. If you need sure. anything, we're here for you. And uh, when that uh, when that approval gets done, we'd love to have you back on. Okay. Well, great. Thank you very much. All righty. Thank you. All righty, folks. Just a uh, about a minute and a half here to the top of the hour. We got CBS News for you, some local news, and uh, Truman Jones coming up next hour. Rutherford issues to follow. So don't you touch that dial. And just a reminder. Christmas Eve and Christmas, we will have special Christmas music for you all day, Thursday and Friday. So make sure to keep us on when you're with the family, when you're opening gifts. Uh, We'd love to be there right there with you. All righty, we'll be right back in just a few minutes with Truman Jones. Don't go away.
Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com.